Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Do not attempt to adjust your device. This is Extreme Freedom Audio Bulletin. It cannot be traced, it cannot be stopped, and it is the only free voice left in the geek revolution. And welcome to another episode of Weeby Geeks. It is the Warriors 3, Mike, Derek, and Brett. How's everyone doing? Good now. Good, although if you've seen Thor, I don't know if we should be the Warriors 3. They kind of uh, got their butts handed to them. <laughs> That's true, yes. By hello. They have to choose a different name or something. Yeah, really. Well, I guess we'll take over for the Warriors 3, so. Yes, Hogan especially bought it pretty badly. Mm, unfortunately, yes. So, I have not seen Thor 3 yet, but I'm hearing that's the best of the franchise. Oh, good. Ignore everything we just said. Okay, what did I just... Sorry, I got pulled away for a quick second. What did y'all just say again? <laughs> Horrible film? Nothing. No. No, nothing. We're fine. We were talking about something that happened in the in the movie, so we didn't yes. ruin it for you. Oh, it wouldn't have anything to do with what we see in the trailer, is it? No, I don't think so. Okay. Well, before we get to the trailer, which dropped today as we're recording, which tomorrow night is the Disney... Essentially, the Disney state of 2018 of what's coming to the parks, what's coming to TV, what's coming to the movies. Um, they're supposed to have new footage of Last Jedi. I still say, well, if it's true, we'll be talking about it Friday on Wiki Radio. I still say Han Solo drops during that program on ABC, which starts at 9 o'clock tomorrow. We shall or see. Tomorrow, uh, Thursday. So, to start us off... Uh, James Cameron admits Avatar 4 and 5 are not guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Avatar 2 is guaranteed. Yeah, really. <laughs> so, um, and then Kate Winslet's character is revealed. Her name's Rose. She had the... <laughs> oh, wait. Um, in a new... I'm not even going to start off on this first paragraph from Slash Film. Um, in a new interview, Cameron provides an update on his Avatar sequels and claims that 4 and 5 are still not a sure thing. He also reveals who Kate Winslet will be playing. So, um, after a long delay, Cam- James Cameron surprised everyone by announcing he wouldn't be making just one Avatar sequel, but four, with Avatar 2 hitting the theaters in 2020. Hmm. After being pushed back how many times? <sighs> Wasn't it supposed to be out last year? So World of Pandora would be relevant at Animal Kingdom? <laughs> hmm. Guess what? Open first. Um, the, uh, just got lost. Um, the filmmaker Cameron reveals that while Avatar 2 and 3 seem to be set in stone, 4 and 5 are still up in the air. And this is a quote from him. Let's face it. If Avatar 2 and 3 don't make enough money, there's not going to be a 4 and 5. They're fully encapsulated encapsulated stories in and of themselves. It builds across the five films to a greater kind of meta narrative, but they, but they're fully formed films in their own right. Unlike, say, Lord of the Rings trilogy, where you, where you really just had to sort of go, oh crap. He used a different word, but oh crap. All right. I guess we better come. I guess I better come back next year. Even though that all worked and everyone did. This just means he doesn't have faith in his own films. Gee, I wonder why. <laughs> um, 
Now, to move on, he also goes on about Kate Winslet's character in Avatar 2. Cameron says Winslet, who he previously worked with on Titanic, is a member of the Sea People. What? Yeah. Fascinating. I mean, uh... And the actress insisted on doing all her own underwater filming. That could be good or bad. Uh, she, bla- she blazed through for a couple of days of rehearsals and saw the world that we had created and how we do the work. She's very excited. She plays a character who's part of the sea people, the reef people. The one thing she did do is demand that she do her all her own water work. I said, all right, that's fine. We'll have to teach you how to free dive. All right, that's fine. Um, this confirms Winslet will be playing a motion capture character, as Cameron recently discussed, the exhausting process of shooting underwater mocap scenes. We've been training the cast for six months now with how to hold your breath, and they're all up. They're all up in the two to four minute range. They're all perfectly capable of acting underwater very calmly while holding their breath. We're not doing any, we're not doing any of this on scuba and we've been getting really good data, beautiful character motion and great facial, facial performance capture. We basically cracked the code. Well, crack the code of getting people's butts in the seats. Um, yeah, with the cost of them that these movies are going to cost, it's going to, they're yeah. going to have to make a ton of money. Elsa yeah, wants to even make anything on it. They're going to have to make Thor Ragnarok money, not Justice League money. Oh, right. Did I say that? Um, survey says. Aw. <laughs> Nothing, apparently. Now my buttons aren't working. Um, Cameron talks about his career in general and then attempts to drive a stake through the heart of the seemingly never-ending Titanic question. Why didn't Rose make room for Jack on the floating door? Um Cameron's blunt answer, I think it's all kind of silly, really, that we're having this discussion 20 years later. It's called art. Things happen for artistic reasons, not physics reasons. There you have it. Stop asking James Cameron about the ending of Titanic. He's not having any of it. So, apparently he watched Mythbusters and was pissed that they proved his theory wrong. <laughs> that both of them could have fit on the door? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, there we have it. There we go. So Cameron and his concept about making money, well. With the, with the mighty sea people. Yep. So considering how many times this has been pushed back, I still don't think he's going to make the 2020 date. And that's right now three years away. And when did you say that um, attraction was supposed to open? It's already open. <laughs> it, opened, it opened back in the spring. Around the Memorial Weekend, you- I believe. Yep. So, um, but let's talk about the thing that kind of dropped today as we record. Uh, we're I recording... Flushed. We're recording on Wednesday. I only preface that because it's vital to when we, when this, when the Avengers trailer dropped, it's the same day we record. So now that we have that put out there, let's continue on. Yes. Today's been a very exciting day to be a geek because what we are talking about dropping is the trailer for Avengers Infinity War. It's no Star Wars, but I squealed like a little girl. Indeed. <laughs> it was very exciting. So we have here 10 things that we learned from Inven- from the Avengers Infinity War trailer. This is from Epic Stream. And number 10, Vision finally becomes a real boy. Yeah. <laughs> so 
looks like uh, Vision, who came, who was created in Avengers: Age of Ultron, has a bit of an upgrade since we last saw him in Captain America: Civil War. Because aside from the mind gem in his forehead, he looks strikingly similar to actor Paul Bet- Bettany, and. In the clip, no longer has the red face and such. I was Although wondering I was, who that was. I thought it was um, Magneto, like from the past or something. I thought it was Fassbender <laughs> there for a sec. I went by so fast. <laughs> nope. I almost thought that later on in the trailer. Let's see if we get there. If not, we'll discuss it after. And it says that uh, we've already seen his ability to use the Mind Stone to generate synthetic cells, like when he first created his cape and armor in Age of Ultron. So it's not so unusual that he would be able to change himself to look more human. Indeed. Number nine. The Spidey Sense exists in the MCU. About time. That was a, that was a great scene where you saw Spidey uh, riding a train. Was no. It was, yeah, it was a school bus. It was a school bus. That's right. Excuse me. And uh, all of a sudden, the hair on his arms raises up. And he looks out the window to see a large ship, um, which they're saying is Thanos' ship. So I'm going to go with that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's awesome. So we actually get to see how his Spidey Sense works. Uh, and it's an interesting way they did it. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. I, I was just glad to finally see Spider Sense. Everyone's going, "Oh, there's no Spider Sense." Was, well, if it's he's still learning abilities, maybe this is one of those that just happened to develop now. Right. Not everything happens all at once. Yeah, people have some patience. <laughs> Seriously. So, number eight, um, sorry, Mike, but this kind of ruins a little something from Thor Ragnarok. Well, not too bad, I guess, but Loki stole the Tesseract from Odin's vault. Yeah, but which, th- you know, this has almost been a common thread, though, between all the Thor movies is he's after that Tesseract. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, so during the, uh, well, I won't ruin it for anybody who hasn't seen Thor yet, <clears throat> Mike, <clears throat> but uh, what are you trying to say? <laughs> nothing. Loki manages to steal the Tesseract. So no. I thought it was the I thought it was the cosmic cube when I first saw it. Uh, I, there. Did. I didn't realize it because I thought the tesseract was the mind gem. No, this well, wasn't that what they used in the um. The mind gem is on Vision. I know, but isn't that what was from? Uh, no, Thor? it's one of the other gems. Okay, because I thought that's what was from the uh, staff that uh, Loki used. No, that's the mind gem on Vision. The Tesseract is from Captain America. Okay. Uh, the first Avenger, originally. Oh, I gotcha. So, what will Loki do with the Tesseract? Will he try to get on Thanos' good side? That will be left to be seen. Number seven. Ah, Peter dons the Iron Spider suit. So, uh, if you recall from Civil War, you saw that one, right, Mike? Yes. <laughs> uh Whoa! Sorry about that. Uh, Tony Stark had created a new suit for Spider-Man at the end of the movie, which Spider-Man chose not to use um, because he wanted to remain the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Uh, but we get to see him, we don't get to see all of its abilities, but we get to see him donning the suit in Avengers: Infinity War, and it looks pretty sweet. Yes, it does. So that's gonna be cool. I wonder. I hope it has the. I wonder if it'll have the legs that come out the back mm. oh that would be that, cool that would be wicked cool wicked so number six the hulk buster armor makes a comeback 
which is yes. cool. Which yes. totally makes sense when you're going up against Thanos and his army. Why not bring out the big guns? Mm-hmm. Which is strange. Every time you saw Stark, he was never heard. There was very little of them in the actual Iron Man armor. I know. <laughs> Well, you know, they gotta tease something, right? Right. Uh, number five. Thanos' soldiers are the Outriders. Uh, we learned several months ago that when Thanos arrived on Earth, he wouldn't be alone. He'd be accompanied by the children of Thanos, a.k.a. the Black Order. However, much like the Chitari in the Avengers and the sub-Ultron bots in Age of Ultron, Infinity War will see another army of expendable soldiers that it's okay for the heroes to kill because they're not human. The Outriders, who were created originally by Jonathan Hickman uh, and they appear first appeared in 2013's Infinity event. Uh, they're used by Thanos to find new planets to raise. That's R-A-Z-E, not raise like raise up. Raise like destroy. <laughs> yeah. uh, they're, they're a race of genetically engineered humanoid creatures that possess abilities such as telepathy, invisibility, and density control, just like Vision. Their only purpose in life is to fulfill their master's wishes and upon doing so they're typically assassinated so needless to say we'll probably see some dead outriders one way or another one can hope that'd be a typical cannon fodder there Number four, there's a there's a target on Vision's forehead, uh, and that would be the Mind Gem that was used to create Vision. And like it says, when when we learned it was the Mind Stone that was used to create Vision, his fate was practically sealed. This is true, sadly. Uh, but I wonder I wonder if it will completely destroy Vision when Thanos rips the Mind Gem off of him. Uh, be interesting. Uh, they're saying yeah. here that it wasn't actually Thanos that did it, but one of the yeah, member of the Black, Black Order. Yeah. Which that's cool that they're putting the Black Order in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you gr- see Thanos like putting the gem into the gauntlet though. Yeah. Or at least a gem. I'm not sure if it's the mind gem or another one. Ah, yeah. Number three. The soul stone is probably in Wakanda. That could be what he's putting in. He could get the soul stone. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a nice big fight in Wakanda between the armies of Thanos and the Wakandans and Avengers. And I, I actually like that. They're branching out from New York and stuff. It's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it says Thanos' army targeting Wakanda likely has nothing to do with Black Panther or Vibranium. So, which, yeah, why would he care about that? So, most likely it's a Soul Stone, which is still missing in action. It, so, that's entirely possible. Is it really a bad pun to say the Soul Stone is possibly in Wakanda? Huh. Well, I, do they get there by flying Soul Air? Was Snoop Dogg? <laughs> is that what the name of that movie was? <laughs> Soul plane, yeah. Oh, soul plane. Uh, I just anyway seems go wrong ahead. <laughs> to say that the soul stone may be in Africa. <laughs> Perhaps. Number two, War Machine is back in action. Uh, when last we saw Brody, he was uh, not doing so well. He was left paralyzed from the waist down after Civil War. Uh, Tony developed a device that could help him walk again, but it looked like his days as War Machine were seemingly over. But apparently, that isn't the case. Uh, in the trailer's obligatory superhero team shot, we see War Machine flying a 
alongside Captain America, Black Widow, Winter Soldier, Black Panther, and Oki Oak 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 and uh, yeah, Cap- yeah, sure. As the lead, as they lead the Wakandan army into battle, uh, we don't, act, but we don't actually see who's in the armor, so it could be someone other than Rhodey or well, uh, being operated remotely. Vanity Fair kind of ruined that because they have they release uh, pictures of the cast. Yes, and they had uh, Don Cheadle in the in the pictures. Well, yeah. not ne- that doesn't necessarily mean he's in the armor necessarily. Yeah. Maybe he's. Uh, controlling it remotely. Who knows? We shall see. That's what we're going to find out. And the number one thing that we learned from the Avengers Infinity War trailer is that Thor is the first Avenger to meet the Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, One of the most anticipated moments in the MCU's nine-year history. It was never entirely clear how it would happen, but all that mattered to fans is that it would happen. In the trailer, we get to see our first taste of the epic encounter when the God of Thunder, who's still sporting an eye patch after Thor Ragnarok. uh, Which, the D23 trailer of this, Thor was not sporting any eye patch. Uh, Thor turns around to find himself face to face with Star-Lord, Groot, Gamora, Mantis, Rocket, and Drax. I loved uh, Mantis waving at him. (laughs) That was awesome. Yeah. This moment appears to take place shortly after Ragnarok's mid-credit scene, in which we see Thanos' massive space vessel encroach upon the Asgardian refugee ship. In fact, James Gunn already confirmed that Guardian of the Galaxy Volume 2 mid-credit scene featuring Teenage Groot took place moments before Infinity War. So we're going to have Teenage Groot. (laughs) Yeah. Safe to say that Ragnarok and Infinity War all take place within extremely close proximity to one another. Um, I don't know why, but I find it interesting that both Guardians of the Galaxy 2 and Thor Ragnarok came out this year, too. Yeah. I don't know I if that was... It was probably plan. Design, Probably by design. I don't remember in the comics that Thor ever loses his eye. I know he lost his arm, but I don't ever remember him losing his eye. Mm, I'm not sh- sure. I want to say there might have been a story where he did, but I'm not 100% sure. That was pretty wicked, though, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, 10 things we learned from the trailer. And now that just makes me want to watch the trailer again. <laughs> yeah, we can deal with that. Yeah. And I have something to talk about till December 15th. Uh, no kidding. I haven't. I haven't been that excited for a trailer since Star Wars. Since the Star Wars trailers. Mm-hmm. And now I hate to say it. Those are almost getting to be a bit much. What about all the TV spots? Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's. They're like selling everything. Cars. Everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> some of the car stuff is is quite. Um, I know Nissan. They were they're running a deal where you could go design a car with Star Wars decals, and if you mm-hmm. went, and then you get a chance to win the car that you. Sign. What kills me is the like <laughs> the Star Wars bags of fruit and yeah, right. And they got Disney money behind them now, so they got a yeah. ton of advertising money. As much as I love Star Wars, there is a limit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is. Especially when you don't really learn anything new, it's pretty much the same stuff, anyways. And you don't want to see the movie before it. Yeah. Anyways, can end up getting too spoilery. <laughs> yeah, you don't want you don't want anything to get really spoiled. So, which right. they've done a good job of so far with like misdirection and such. But mm-hmm. yeah, with the way that it's with the way that they're edited. Yeah. yeah. You don't know. You don't know who's talking to who or what the context is. Mm. Definitely now. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, there, originally people were thinking, oh no, Ray's going to talk to, is, is talking to Kylo about switching sides. 
Yeah, not the same. Mm-hmm. It's not the same. It, she's actually talking to Luke. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Disney, okay, they've got uh, they've got some things going on besides Star Wars. Oh, I you, know. Uh, probably, oh, I just what? saw a sweet segue. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I don't get it. <laughs> we had talked a couple weeks ago about Disney and Fox on and off a uh, love affair with each other. And now it seems that the courtship is back on. Uh, Disney and 21st Century Fox have now re-entered the negotiations and an official statement could be any made any day now. <laughs> According to Deadline, talks have begun to progress rapidly and both sides have gone dark, leading to speculation that the deal is very close to being made. Yes, Disney, interesting. Disney is progressing speedily towards the rumored acquisition of Fox, the version I heard that this has the murder clan keeping possession of sports and news properties and the rest of TV and the film studio going to Disney which uh, I think is what we had spoke about before everything yeah. it would be everything but um, what you call it uh, Fox Fox broadcast itself because yeah, they right. can't because of owning ABC. This deal could obviously lead to a comic book fan's dream scenario, but there are those that aren't so enthusiastic about the prospect. Now that Fox has begun to make such great strides with risky R-rated projects such as Deadpool and Logan. At any rate, it's probably best not to get too carried away until we hear something official, but that announcement could be with us very soon, so keep an eye out. Now, this gives me two interesting thoughts. Number one, of course, you know, we talked about this happening before a couple weeks ago, and then it had died, allegedly. And then there was talks of Sony uh, attempting to buy Fox. So yeah. now, if, And that one was, this, like, very short-lived. Right. But if this, if this deal goes through and Disney buys Fox, do you think they're going <laughs> to turn to Sony and go, you're next? <laughs> I wouldn't be surprprised if they already have been Maybe. they're gonna be like the you're they're gonna be like the Borg he will be assimilated well, <laughs> Sony's been trying to sell off the movie studios for a while now, yeah, and true, so it's one of those why wouldn't you why wouldn't you sell for you know sell to Disney unless mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, and just put in an agreement that for so many years any property that was previously a Sony property still has to be distributed by Sony. Yeah, really. I mean, sounds silly, but I don't think it's that silly. Mm-mm. So I can see them doing that. I mean, to, I think that would make sense on my end. So all the rights to everything. Well, it bring, definitely brings back the Marvel Universe. Yeah, Fantastic so. Four, X Men. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> Imagine what Civil War Two would be like. Yeah, I would love to see Marvel handle both a Fantastic Four and an X-Men movie. Mm-hmm. Although, you know, Fox has done a couple of decent things lately with Deadpool and Logan was great. Right. Deadpool 2 looks like it's going to be pretty good. And then, you know, like The Gifted's interesting and Legion was interesting, but... I just saw a story about Legion, but I forgot what it was. It was like a, I think it was a casting change. Oh, it's still oh on. I didn't know if it had been renewed. Yeah, it's coming back. Uh, the the guy who was playing the Shadow King left for some reason. I didn't read the story. I just remember seeing that. Okay, and there it is. So now that we know, now we have the battle. GI Schmo. <laughs> Uh, you know you were a kid in the 80s. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, 
speak, let's go back even further in the 80s. Uh, this is a show that actually came out in the 60s, um, but was turned into a live action movie in the 90s, if I remember right. And, um, oh, where is it? Um, Ashley Tisdale and Jennifer Tisdale's Blonde Girl Productions is working on and will be distributed through Warner Brothers Home Entertainment next year. It'll be a direct to digital, direct to DV, direct to disc, um, origin story for Daphne and Velma, which will come out next year. The press release from Warner Brothers is Warner Brothers Television Group's digital studio Blue Ribbon Content is currently in production on Daphne of Velma, a live-action feature-length film re-imaging the origins of Mystery Inc.'s fierce female duo Daphne Blake and Velma Dinkley. From Ashley Tisdale and Jennifer Tisdale's Blonde Girls Productions, the film currently shooting in Atlanta will be released by Warner Brothers Home Video or Home Entertainment in 2018. Uh, Blonde Girls committed to to telling stories from a female's perspective and we cannot be more thrilled to give Daphne and Velma their own story, said Ashley Tisdale and Jennifer Tisdale, uh, producers and founders of Blonde Girl Productions. It's so exciting to partner with Warner Home Entertainment and Blue Ribbon Content to introduce a new generation to the smart, charismatic, fearless females that we all know and love. We want to give the audience a new take on these two faces who are fan favorites in the Scooby-Doo universe, said Peter Girardi. Um, and he is Vice President of Blue Ribbon Content and Executive VP at Warner Brothers Animation for alternate program, alternative programming. Uh, Daphne and Velma are two iconic and strong female characters, and this latest adventure of theirs will be both inspiring and entertaining. Um... Boat before they eventually team up with Scooby and the gang. Um, bright and optimistic Daphne and whip smart and analytical Velma are both mystery solving teens who are best friends but have only met online until now. Daphne has just transferred to Velma School, Ridge Valley High, an incredible tech savvy institute with all the latest gadgets provided by the school's benefactor, tech billionaire Tobias Bloom. And while competition is fierce among students for a coveted internship at Bloom Innovative, Daphne and Velma dig beyond all the gadgets and tech to investigate what's causing some of the brightest students in the school to disappear and only to reemerge in a zombified state. So I think it's going to be interesting. Uh, to me, it feels like this is being geared towards um, the girls, which is fine. Mm-hmm. My, I know my daughter will love it, but... Um, yeah, I mean, what do you do? It should be interesting. It, it's it's going to be fun. I I would say I, I'm kind of looking forward to it. Uh, I like the Scooby-Doo movies as cheesy as they were. <clears throat> I, I, I did enjoy them. All right, then. <laughs> so, yeah, I appear to be in the minority here. <laughs> I don't know why. Jules? Anywhere? Jules? 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 What, what, what are you trying to say? No. <laughs> the second person help for you. <laughs> Let's just say they weren't my thing. <laughs> anyway, on to the next thing, because this is kind of our thing as well. Yes. I guess so. I guess you could say that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, everybody remember the Batman Arkham games? I'm sure you do. They were great games. We all enjoyed them. Yes, 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 yes. Did we skip one? Wait. Yeah, we did uh, Miss uh, Green Lantern. Is that supposed to be me? Oh, quite possibly. <laughs> no. <laughs> Whoops, sorry about that. I think I jumped the gun. <laughs> Actually, I think we didn't assign that one. No. <laughs> 
Oops. I'll go ahead and do it. All right. So this is from comicbook.com. Screenwriter Michael Green, the who helped pen 2011's Green Lantern and this year's Noirish Logan, oh. has, has thrown American Gods actor Ricky Whittle's name into the ring to play Jon Stewart. Should the architect turned Cosmic Cop ever make the jump to the big screen? Now, oh. now hold on, hold on a second. Hold on, I'm trying. I'm still trying to process that. He helped write Green Lantern and Logan. Right. I think it was just bad casting. The, although that that whole uh, I what. <laughs> I, wow, that yep. blew my mind. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> we try to say. He said I'll probably get said I'll probably get angry texts if I don't say what's in my heart, which is that Ricky Whittle would make a fantastic John Stewart. Green ass answered when uh, asked by Yahoo which actor he'd like to see play the next Green Lantern. Uh, Whittle stars as Shadow Moon in American Gods, an adaptation of the Neil Gaiman novel, where Green serves as writer and executive producer. So I guess he's already got some relationship with them. Green News stars shared a Green Lantern screenplay credit with Greg Berlanti and writers Mike Guggenheim and Michael Goldberg. Goldenberg said he'd be open to another go at the Green Lantern mythos despite the critical financial failure of the 2011 adaptation. Okay, so he wasn't totally in control of it. It was yeah, kind of like a co-writing thing in it. Mm. I feel like my experience on Green Lantern is very much in Finnish and there are stories to tell. There. Green said. That was not a film that turned out the way we'd hoped in going in, and I think this is an appetite for a better version of that. You think? (laughs) (laughs) Tell us how you really feel. Mm -hmm. Uh, The concept of Green Lanterns were introduced to the DCEU, the shared cinematic universe, home to Ben Affleck's Batman, Henry Cavill's Superman and Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman and Justice League with the brief incursion of a lantern, occlusion of a lantern during a flashback taking place thousands of years in the past. Very brief. <laughs> so it doesn't look like it's anything that's going to be coming out immediately, but he is writing the um, Green Lantern's uh, script. So there is a movie that's going to be coming out. And it's going to be coming out. Uh, they announced it during the um, San Diego Comic-Con this year. Tentatively set for summer 2020. Okay. I'm still completely baffled that he had his hands on both Green Lantern and Logan. Right. The two, wow. One awful movie and one really great movie. <laughs> right. So now I don't know how to feel about this. <laughs> We're talking polar opposites. Yeah. <laughs> Completely. Well, I guess to keep you from blowing your mind even more, how about we jump to the next story? All right. Which one's next now? That's <laughs> <laughs> the Darker Morns. Yeah. So, ever since Batman Arkham Origins, I mean Arkham Knight, excuse me, was confirmed to be the final game in the Batman Arkham series, unfortunately, people have been wondering if publisher Warner Brothers Games, WB Games, would continue to explore the DC Comics license. Uh, They figured that, people figured that after they were done with Batman, they might move on to Superman (laughs) and finally bring some atonement to the Man of Steel after his infamously terrible N64 game years ago oh, yeah that was bad <laughs> oh was that oh that was bad mm-hmm. that has never been substantiated uh but thanks to a recent job posting on wb games montreal's facebook page uh something dc related is definitely in the works the studio is looking to hire a technical director
director to help expand the DC universe in the interactive space. Uh, another posting on the studio's official website confirms they're also looking for a lead online programmer, presum- presum- presumably, excuse me, for the same DC title. Uh, WB Games Montreal had developed uh, Batman Arkham Origins, which is a prequel to the Arkham trilogy that Rocksteady had developed under the WB Games banner. Uh, While Origins lacks a certain shine that Rocksteady captured in the rest of the Arkham series, it's not a bad game by any stretch, and it presented a handful of interesting ideas. WB Montreal have shown they're capable of handling a AAA game with a DC license at the very least. Uh, So we don't know if this is going to be a case of more than one studio contributing to an ongoing series. If WB Games Montreal is going to be the dedicated team on this project. We know that Rocksteady has been working on their next game and they're posturing that it'll be something great, but we don't know for sure if they're still working within the DC Universe's umbrella or not. Uh, One thing for sure, WB Games has done well with the DC brand. You would hope so. Uh, Not only have have they handled the Arkham games, uh, they also did Injustice, which Injustice 2 has been a hit this year. Uh, and it continues to add more and more characters to its roster, including, I believe, Lee, the last one was like the Turtle, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Well, that was a recent one. Uh, so there is an idea. Uh, could they possibly try to ride the wave of Wonder, Wo- Wonder Woman's recent cinematic success? Yeah, I'd like to see a Wonder Woman game. Yeah. That'd be awesome. And we've never had much of a chance to see Diana in a video game uh, on our own, especially. Was she even in Injustice? I don't remember her being yeah. in Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah, she's in just, Injustice. Well, Wonder Woman is in oh, yeah. Injustice and, and Injustice 2. And DC, oh, okay. Her- and DC Heroes. Yeah. Uh, a new game series could be a clever way for DC to acquaint newcomers with the lesser-known members of the recent Justice League film, such as Aquaman or Cyborg. So, uh... There could be some big DC game coming. That sounds awesome. It could be really cool. Mm-hmm. Maybe a Wonder Woman. Maybe we'll see an actual Justice League game. I don't like, really like the uh, last one, Arkham Knight, that much. Too much yeah. Batmobile. Yeah. Which but, it really was cool, but it was a cool-looking vehicle. It was. Yeah, but you just had to do so much with it. It almost took the place of Batman as the character. Yeah. It was a pain. The, all, all the stuff you had to do was a real pain in the butt. Yeah, it was. The pain in the tuchus. <laughs> I guess that's grinding your gears. <laughs> Speaking yeah, of uh, grinding yeah, gears. More DC games. Yes. We, we Tron try. Legacy uh, Light Cycle is the next Lego idea set to go to production, according to thebrothersbrick.com. And jump the gun, because I think you had cr- the crisis story. Oh. <laughs> Tron's me. <laughs> All right, well, go ahead. We are really on the ball tonight, huh? <laughs> yes. Well, that's what happened when we take a week off for Thanksgiving. Next right. is Derek. Still under the tryptophan coma. Um, so Lego Ideas, if you guys aren't familiar with it, it's the Le- it used to be called Lego Kuso, and it's where fan-made projects are, are put up um, for display, and then they're voted on. If they get... 10,000 likes, they get moved into consideration for production. There were 11 projects um, f- to be that came from the period of January through May. Um, and a special mention was also made for Surf Rescue. And the folks at LEGO will be working on the special message to share the story behind that set. But 
the only one that can, that got to move on is Tron. It's the Tron Legacy Light Cycle. Um, Suzuki Junior will be the designer that will be working on bringing this futuristic bike from concept to production model that's set to release in 2018. Word from the excited designer is to stay tuned for the final design and launch date. So, um, check out their video on YouTube or I forgot where, uh, well, this announcement was made on their, on the Lego ideas, Facebook page, which like I said, their stuff is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it really is. I have, I have from the, I think we talked about this couple weeks ago or last month that one of the ideas, Lego idea kits was the women of NASA. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, now, under Cuso, there was the Back to the Future DeLorean, which I have that. And you can build it into one of three different movie cars, either from the first film, the second film, or the third film. Um, That's cool. And I believe Yellow Submarine was also a, uh, the Yellow Submarine kit was also one of the, the Cuso kits as well. All right. So, and of course, the original Ecto-1 was a, a kit. They've had Wally as a kit. Um hmm. There's been some great stuff that's come out of it, so um, it, it's it's pretty cool. That fan model looks really sweet for the yeah. light cycle. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's one of those. How some of these people, you're going, how in the world do they do it? Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, to see the other models, the Blues Brothers mobile was excellent. The Jeep Rubicon was awesome. Um, I want now. I want to know more about the Surf Rescue story. <laughs> um, the Power Rangers set, cool that it would have been cool to get the Power Ranger minifigs. I wasn't that impressed with the set itself. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the mini arcades, if it actually held um, minifigs, that would have been cool. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Lego Ideas, you could go to their site. I believe it's legoideas.com. If not, you can access it through lego.com. But, yeah, it, they do this, and they vote on it every so often. Uh, this one was pretty cool. I was kind of glad to see it. That's funny. They actually had one of the office, too. One yeah. Of the ones that didn't make it. Yeah. So, Derek, on to you with a little devil of a dare. Bad transition. Are you sure? I thought that was mine. <laughs> oh, look, a broken segue. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I thought, are we, is, that one, is that where we are now? Because I'm all lost. We're on Daredevil. We're on Daredevil. <laughs> All right. At this point in time, who, whichever, story. <laughs> whichever one of you two want to cover it. The Go for it, Derek. <laughs> so, Daredevil Season 3 has been officially con- was officially confirmed back in 2016. Not that there was really much doubt about it. <laughs> uh, this time, we'll have a brand new showrunner and executive producer with Eric Olison from Man in the High Castle. Taking over from Douglas Petrie and Marco Ramirez. Big news is that Vincent D'Onofrio will return as the Kingpin. Yay! Hello, operator. Give me the number for nine one one. According to executive producer Jeff Loeb. Uh, Vincent is an exceptional actor who returns with the incredible gravitas he brings to Fisk. We're very excited how Marvel's Daredevil develops through the creative lens and guidance of our new showrunner, Eric Olison. Uh, In other recent news, Wilson Bethel 
from Heart of Dixie has been cast as a series regular for season three, according to Variety. Uh, while the exact identity of the role is being kept under wraps, we do know that Bethel will play an FBI agent with a critical role in the conflict between Matt Murdock and Wilson Fisk. Uh, so then it, it goes into uh, what happened at the end of Defenders. So spoiler warning if you haven't seen Defenders yet. Uh, you haven't seen Defenders yet? No comment. Okay, so we'll <laughs> skip over that then. Let's just say there was a question as to whether or not Daredevil Season 3 would cover the classic Frank Miller, David Mazzuccelli story, Born Again. Uh, according to Charlie Cox, I know we don't tend to follow any story blueprints too closely, because if you do, then you become a, a foregone conclusion. There may be elements from Born Again, but I'm sure there will be elements that are unfamiliar and surprising and different in order for the show to be compelling to fans who know the comics very well. If we start making Born Again page for page, then the people who have read it and loved it, the hardcore fans, they won't have too much drama. Uh, I don't know if I agree with that, because, I mean, Lord of the Rings, everybody's read those books. Yeah. And those are those are popular movies, The Hunger Games. <laughs> yeah, possibly. Hitchhiker's Guide. Oh, bad yeah. example. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Uh, so... In uh, then there's a thing that clues to Daredevil season three might be hidden in a Braille mass card. Says in loving memory of Matthew Murdoch, like a muddy, muddied spring or a polluted fountain, is the righteous man who gives way before the wicked. Proverbs twenty five twenty six. Uh, while the selection from Proverbs certainly applies to Matt Murdock in general, we're always looking for significance in numbers. Uh, season three isn't even in production yet, which means it won't be here in February of 2018 or even in the first quarter. Instead, we expect Jessica Jones and Luke Cage to fill those 2018 slots, which would put Daredevil at late 2018 at the earliest. Too much time. Yeah. Uh, and it says season Season 3 is now filming, which means we won't likely see it until late summer or early fall. Okay. And then, of course, uh, everybody wants to see, in addition to the Kingpin, everybody's glaring for Bullseye. That would be interesting, finally bringing Bullseye in. Yeah. That would be. Again, the the original Daredevil movie, I was okay with the casting. It's just a horrible script. <sighs> yeah, well, yeah. The script was horrible. The casting, I didn't love, but I didn't hate. So, well, on to the last story of the night. Okay. If you have been watching the CW this week, you've probably realized that your favorite superhero shows have been on different nights. Yeah. And that's because there was a giant four-part crossover called Crisis on Earth X. Yeah. And it looks like more is definitely better with this crossover. Uh, this is from CBR.com. Crisis on Earth X gives Arrowverse shows massive ratings boost. It needed it. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. The 2017 Arrowverse crossover proved to be anything but a crisis for the CW, delivering the best ratings for Supergirl, Arrow, and DC's Legends of Tomorrow since last year's event. Nice. 
Not to be left out, The Flash raced away with its best numbers since the season premiere. The four-part Crisis on Earth X played out Monday and Tuesday with Arrow moving from its regular night for the event, which brought together the heroes to battle evil doppelgangers from a parallel world where the Nazis won World War II. Intriguing. And, and Monday's episode of Supergirl for the first part of the event drew 2.6 million viewers and a .9 rating, which TV Line describes as a leap 40% and 80% from the drama's previous episode. So <laughs> that represents its largest audience since its mid-season premiere in January and its best performance in the key demo since last year's Invasion crossover. Oh, it's and a, then, apparently Supergirl's been hurting this year, too. That's what it looks like. Arrow followed at 9 p.m. Monday with a second part, which attracted 2.54 million total viewers and a .9 rating, nearly doubling that of its previous episode. Again, that's also the drama's best outing since the last year's crossover. And same for Legends of Tomorrow. The finale of the match which scored 2.76 million total viewers and a .9 rating in the demo, doubling those for the previous week's episode. And you guessed it, delivering the best drama's best rating since the last year's invasion. <laughs> So as long as they keep doing crossovers, they'll be all right. See, it makes you wonder now with the various shows, why couldn't they continue having crossovers of some sort between the shows? Maybe not the main character, yeah. but a yeah. little, little here and there. I'm hoping because I think that they are good shows. I think especially with Legends of Tomorrow, I think yeah. that, that it's definitely improved it a lot. And hopefully that'll get people um, interested yeah. in watching it again. Because yeah. I think yeah, it's worth a watch. Then, yeah. Supergirl, I'm, I don't know. She's. Yeah. Uh, she's She kind of seems too weak. I mean, she gets her butt kicked by everybody. It's like you're <laughs> the second strongest person on the planet and you get your butt kicked by everybody. Yeah. Yeah. It's, but CW's definitely uh, made some good ratings off of the crossover. See, I've been enjoying. Um, Legends. Sorry, as I mm-hmm. had a slight brain brain fart. It's uh, it, Legends has been great. I, I've really been enjoying it in the direction they've gone, and the fact that they brought back Vixen for a second season. Uh, I'm enjoying mm-hmm. that as well. Flash has been enjoyable. Arrow is like okay, now all the island stuff's done. Now we're going back and still doing flashbacks on the island, but it's after he's come. Uh, yeah, yeah. shows a little confused. It's a little lost what do we do uh supergirl is just hit and miss yeah so i think that it's it's gotten too cwe yeah <laughs> yeah quite possibly mm-hmm. yeah. so um on that note any i, I think that's gonna kind of wrap it up for us yeah um definitely get caught up on that crossover because it was really good i, I liked it better than invasion yeah well any final thoughts uh, I think I want to go back and watch that Avengers trailer again. Yeah. <laughs> Derek? Or Brett? Derek. Sorry, Derek. <laughs> <laughs> Lisa didn't call you Eric. <laughs> I still have to see Justice League. I haven't. I saw Ragnarok last weekend. No, you I don't. I seen Justice you don't, League. Yet. You don't need to see it. Uh-huh. You, you, you don't need to see it. You guys have both seen it? No, yeah. uh, no. <laughs> I, I have I have trusted I have trusted Derek's opinion, Derek and Chris's opinion on this. Okay. It, it's and it confirms our our suspicion. Justice League. Here's what I will say. What I will say about Justice League. It is 
better than Batman versus Superman, slightly. <laughs> not by much. And as I've said before, I think it is a, not by much. Yeah. It is a step in the right direction, but it was definitely a big step down from Wonder Woman, and I think they still got a ways to go. Yeah. There's no Aquamartha. <laughs> no, thankfully. <laughs> yeah. Well, for my final thought, I'm going to say, hey, Kylan, get better. Yes, definitely. Yeah, everyone needs you back on your game again across all shows. So hang in there, buddy. Yeah, we need to get better. We need to get for the Weebies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Weebies are coming up December 20th. Yes. The non-awards are coming up on the 21st. So <laughs> and I think I think I finally got the categories tweaked for for both shows now. Uh, cool. I don't I don't think I could have done better than that. So um so yeah, on that final note. Want to know more? <laughs> The bad crowd you've been hanging out with is a science fiction club? This has been a Weeby Geeks production.